Welcome to the Confident Athlete Podcast, a comprehensive guide to building champions headfirst. I'm your host, Callum McKinnon, and I'm advised about adversity mental performance coaching and a former semi-professional athlete. In this episode, I want to give you an understanding of the role of the mind in sports performance, how our thoughts and emotions impact our results in competition. And I want to give you a strategy to be able to walk away with that professional athletes use who patrol thoughts and emotions to be able to maximize performance in competition, be able to maximize your skill set in competition. So how do the greatest athletes in the world consistently perform at their best? Well, there are four components to athlete development. So we have the technical, we have the practical, we have the physical, and we have psychological. So our technical is our sports-specific skill set. This is something that we probably spend the most time on, and we start this from an early age, right? If it's basketball, we're learning how to dribble. If it's soccer, maybe we're learning how to kick the ball. If it's cricket, we're learning how to bowl or learning how to bat. And then we have the tactical component of athletic development. There's our strategy, our game plan, our individual roles, and our play calls. We have the physical side of uh, athletic development. There's our fitness, our strength, conditioning, our nutrition, our agility, and our durability. And then we have which is this one, which is my favorite, the psychological. So we're talking about how athletes recover from the success. They compete at a high level. They manage adversity. How they adapt on the fly. How they manage emotions. How they manage pressure and thought processes to be able to get the best out of themselves. So when we first begin our athlete journey, uh, we start with some guidance from coaches. So with the coaching, we learn how to do a particular skill, and we start to put it into some consistent training. We practice, and we repeat, and we repeat, and we repeat. Do we start forming these habits into the subconscious mind or into the muscle memory? These skills, we start to recognize and stress from these. And I guess the last part of that development is when we're really creating an attention to detail uh, in competition. And that's working out the tendencies and the habits of opponents as well. But the beauty of, I guess, the world we live in right now with social media, with the internet, and with access to almost everything is that we can start to model the elite and use their tips and tricks uh, for our own athletic journey to be able to perform at our best and and to create that peak performance within and to continually improve. So the main topic of today, though, we're going to look at is the psychological part of athletic development. So if we look at the role the mind plays in sports, and in particular, the two distinctive parts of the brain or the mind, we have the conscious mind and we have the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind are the thoughts that sort of sit under the surface um, that we're not completely aware of, right? But let's start with the conscious mind. The conscious mind are the thoughts that we're aware of. We can create thoughts. We can create imagery. We can create, we can visualize. Um, this is all part of our creative mind. The subconscious mind is the habit mind. So this is the skills that we build and we get up to a level of unconscious competence. Unconscious meaning we're not aware of it. Competence meaning that we can perform the skill. So there's a lot of skills that we perform to an unconscious competence. So if you think of things like brushing your teeth, going to the toilet, walking, at some point you didn't know how to do this and you had to think through every single part of the action. Okay. And now it is at an autopilot level, right? So this allows us to 
when we get skills, or when it comes to sports-specific skills, when we build these skills to a unconscious competence, which is now autopilot, it really allows us the opportunity to perform in flow or perform in a zone more often. And so it is an easier process to get into that zone. But it comes from practice, repetition, repetition, repetition. So I've heard a quote that says sports is life's better, which is a, a great metaphor for life because uh, we can go from joy, confidence, um, that, you know, that adrenaline pumping, um, excitement to nervous, disappointed, frustrated, second-guessing yourself and really playing out ahead the moment adversity hits. And so what happens in that situation is we go into a fear state. So one of the first things that happen is our heart rate starts to increase and it can start to affect our mind. So it sends a message to the mind that, or to the amygdala, which is the fear center of our brain, there's some sort of physical or psychological risk. Now, for most sports, it'll be psychological risk. And the way that I put this is, it's the what ifs, right? What if I messed up? What if I make another mistake? What is the coach going to think of me? You know, what are what are people thinking of me right now? And we start to play in our head. So the meaning of fear is a sense of loss of control. Okay. So in the moment, we try and control that situation by consciously thinking every single action and every single day. But the beauty of you know training and the beauty of putting in practice and repetition is that you create these habits within your subconscious mind or you know muscle memory. And so that's where you always have your best performance and you can trust what your body can do and trust that your skill set is not good enough. Now, I had a coach that said to me, you cannot get any better or any worse 10 minutes before a game because that's when the anxiety and the nerves start to kick in. And he was, he's absolutely right. Um, the only thing that can change is when we start to try and control the situation in your head. So I want to explain how our thoughts can impact our results, whether they're good or they're bad. But if you can start to understand this, then you can also um, direct or be in control of the thoughts that lead to, to great performance or the peak performance. And when we start to understand, I guess, these habits that we build around that and we start to see the evidence of, um, of what those thoughts can produce, uh, we can go to them more often and we start to create this structure and this programming um, towards peak performance. So it's explained in a thought model, and this thought model is an NLP, a thought model, NLP being neuro-linguistic programming, so neuro being brain, linguistic being language, and programming is in the habits of a structure, right? So I really want to explain how that that, that chain reaction, um, there's a chain reaction through this thought model that leads to results, both good and bad. So the Thought model is TFAR, which is an obviously acronym. So the acronym stands for thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So we will experience TFAR or this chain reaction uh, thought model occurs in every single situation, whether it be sports, whether in life, from the smallest minor details to deep life events. Okay. So basically, our thoughts dictate our feelings. Our feelings influence our actions. And our actions create our results. So I'm going to use my background in basketball as the example for this key path model. Now, 
Uh, I really want to get us to see how this chain reaction from, from four to result uh, plays out. So, you know, one of the most important things or one of the lot that the elements of basketball that people put so much pressure on themselves is making a shot, that's missing a shot. I get it. Because whenever we learn how to play basketball, whenever we go to play basketball, we pick up the ball and we try and put it through a hoop. And so that is why, and that is how you score points. So people put so much push on themselves. I want to use that as the example of uh, the TFAR model. So let's look at it from a, a more positive uh, point of view. So this is the this is the play, or this is the example that we could use. So the game tips off. Uh, I'm wide open on the three point line. I get the ball and I make my first shot. Now. The, my initial thought, now, granted, we're not always aware of this thought because it can happen at, um, at our autopilot level, which is our subconscious mind, um, So, which means we're not actually consciously thinking about it, or we are consciously thinking about it. We're creating these thoughts where um, we're, we're very aware of what we're saying to ourselves, our self-talk. So it might be something like, let's go, or, you know, I'm looking today, or uh, something like that, right? Something positive. And then that starts to dictate our feelings or our emotions, right? And so uh, we start to feel, you know, confident or, or hot or uh, joy or um, sensitive, you know, even that adrenaline flowing through your system, energized. We start to feel that emotion in the body. And because those emotions feel so real within us, uh, it, it influences our actions, right? So there's a level of calmness through this process at the moment. And let's just say we get a defensive stop, we come to the end, we run a play, and I'm wide open at three-point line again. I'm not even thinking about it. I'm just shooting the basketball. Okay, I've lodged all these reps into it, and this is a natural reaction at this point because I feel good about myself. Um, and so because I'm, I'm shooting off of a, a, a really positive uh, emotion, confident, hyped, feeling great, there's a, there's a likely chance that I'll make that shot again. Now let's take more, a more negative play, or you know, I guess that's perspective. Yeah. A miss shot. Let's look at a miss shot. So the game tips off. They throw the ball to me, and I shoot from three point line. And let's say I air ball, so I miss everything. Okay, crowd are yelling out or chanting air ball, and I'm thinking to myself, so that initial thought might be, uh oh, or it might be a curse word, or it might be, oh, listen. Man, come on! I'm no good today. I'm, you know, I'm not feeling it. Whatever it is, um, and so we're probably more aware of the negative thought than the positive thought because because it plays into our fear state. Because the the, the mind wants us to be aware of that so that we don't um, don't put ourselves. I guess that's psychological risk to an extent, and um, that obviously dictates. Feelings and emotions. So that emotion might be, you know, frustration or disappointment or shame or embarrassment. Um, and it really starts to affect the way we act. So let's just say the ball comes down again, and you're wide open again at the three point line, and I shoot again. Now, this shot, I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm hesitant. I'm almost timid to shoot it. But no matter how good my skill set is, we're just right in that moment we're influenced by our, our emotions. So if that's if that's how I'm I'm not confident and that's how I'm shooting the ball, I'm more likely going to miss that shot. 
Now, the beauty of understanding this uh, thought model is that we actually get to control our thoughts, feelings, and our actions. Not so much the results, but we can control the first three elements. And the way that we do that, and I guess this is a, a strategy that a lot of professional athletes use, is we have these things called mental cues, right? These little cues, short words, uh, sorry, short sentences, singular words, things that we can go to when just to really reset ourselves or to, to adjust or adapt our focus. So with these mental cues, the most important thing is understanding that it needs to be focused on a controllable process, something that you're, that you're in full control of. So a lot of this stuff is the attention to details. So let me give you an example. So it's, it's something like shooting, like we use as an example. You know, you might miss that shot and your mental cue on the next one might be, uh, like, and it's just that was short. So it's short a lot of the time it's because you're releasing them into the shot. So, you know, your mental cue might be going into a game, it might be legs, like plastic, just looks. It might be that you like to shoot a shot from a certain part of the court. And you, and you can use this example in any, in any sport. But it might be that you like to get to a certain spot on the court that you've got, you know, that you feel confident in, that you've got a great success rate in. And so that might be your mental cue. It might be corner. It might be um, 45. It might be whatever you're, whatever you, you know, wherever you like to shoot the ball from or wherever you like to get the ball on the offensive end, that could be the mental cue. And then you have the defensive end or side of it as well, right? And it might be communicate. It might be, in a hell position, it might be stay low. And these are just examples for basketball. I'm sure any athlete can be uh, certain attention to detail, mental cues that are controllable that will help them get the result that they want to get. So this is something that professional athletes use um, to be able to get the results that they want. You have to flip this adversity to positivity and, and to get the to really get back into autopilot and open themselves up to being able to enter the zone and enter a flow state there. My challenge for you, or the one thing that I really want you to take away from this, I'd love to hear how you go with this, is to give yourself three mental cues going into performance. Now we want to keep these short, we want to keep them simple, and we want to keep them process-based. So what do you have to do to lead to the result that you want? Right? Um, and so that's where, that's where the, the focus comes around uh, your mental cues, and that's how we're going to structure these mental cues. So the biggest thing is the, the reason that we keep them to just three is that we want to narrow your focus as much as possible. Right? We, want to, we really want to narrow your focus as much as possible. There's so much to detract from your focus in sports performance. You know, from the people involved in the event to the adversity that happens in games, um, to momentum swings, to to everything. There's so much uh, adversity and I guess adaptation and and um, things, elements of the game that really detract from your focus. We want to keep these super simple. So you can use it. Might be a it might be a preparation mental cue, right? It might be a reset mental cue. How do you reset this on things that go well? It might be an effort-based um, mental cue, right? Maybe something that you can control, your effort. It might be attitude. Once again, something you can control. Is it encouragement? Is it communication? Is it talking to teammates? Is it, um, you know, is it your, your next play kind of mentality? Um, these are the mental cues that we really want to support. 
better performance to narrow your focus because the more that you're playing in your body, right, and not thinking too much because, if, like I said, if you just go in and go out there will-nil, like you're thinking all the time. So we really want to direct those thoughts to something that's going to help us, something that's positive so that we can really kick off this chain reaction of TIFA. I hope that gives you an understanding of the role of the mind in sports, how it functions, how our thoughts and emotions really start to impact our results. And also, I hope that you can take away those three mental cues and put them into your performance to create more consistency, to create uh, more peak performance, and also open yourself up to entering that zone or entering that um, flow state more often. Thank you for tuning into the Confident Athlete Podcast. I would love to hear your feedback on your mental cues for upcoming performances. Please get in touch at uh, riseaboveadversity.com.au or you can find us at Rise Above Adversity on most of our social media platforms. Also, you can email me on coachcow at riseaboveadversity.com.au. Uh, I would love to hear your mental cues. I'm more than happy to give some feedback on them. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing to the Confident Athlete Podcast and leaving a review. It does help us reach more athletes like you. So thank you again for joining me and I look forward to continuing this journey of confidence and mental strength together. Keep an eye out for our next episode where we start to dive into the essence of all peak performance and reveal the checklist to be able to get into the zone. Until then, keep putting in the work, keep believing in yourself and never underestimate the power of a confident athlete.